by STL Medical Weight Loss. See the Dr. Joe difference at stlmedweightloss.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Jennifer and Wendy Show on this Thursday, January the 18th. Our Royal Banks, Missouri text line's open. That's for you, 84126. Good morning, Wendy. Hello. And good morning, Connor McCarthy. Good morning. We hope to hear from all of you today. Uh, as you know, the Justice Department issued a scathing report about the um, 2022 shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. And I often think with little ones, with grandchildren, you, you know, when we were little, we never thought about Mm-mm. school shootings. And last year was the first year that I have a friend whose wife was killed in a school shooting. That's right. An acquaintance, I should say. At and, the Central Visual mm-hmm, yes. Performing, yeah. So what will it take? We, we'd love to hear from all of you. Brittany Shepard joins us from ABC News at 1050. And then this is so interesting. You know, we're excited that the St. Louis County Library is sponsoring the Jennifer and Wendy Book Club. They are doing so much there, including a new partnership with the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. I know. It is, it is so exciting. And when you think about it, so consistent, so in keeping with those two organizations. So we are really looking forward to speaking with Unity Call and Kristen Sorth in the next hour. Yes, so we would love to hear from you on all of these things. I was uh, listening to a podcast on the way to work about the epidemic of loneliness and even the, um, I'm trying to think, Health and Human Services Director, that's not the right title. But this is a worldwide problem. And as what they say is once you're out of college, you focus on work and in our country, especially according, this was one person's opinion, you know, what we do is work for money, power, or fame. That's the American way. But what happens is at a certain age, people realize that they're striving for human connection and thirsting for human connection. And there are actually physical impairments that happen when you're lonely, depression, blood pressure, etc. I know that's why animals are important to people. (laughs) There is science showing that having an animal can lower rates of anxiety and depression and so can having friends. But I guess it just becomes more difficult. I think it does, and I do. I, I've always sort of subscribed to that that school of thought that um, we, when something is changed culturally, when a, 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 a component of the culture is changed dramatically, whether that's a gradual change, and I think they can both be gradual and dramatic, uh, or whether it is something that is just sort of immediate, like the pandemic, you know, that yes. we, we change. And I don't think that we see the result of those changes within the nuclear family. Uh, I think divorce rates have certainly changed the culture. I think that families living so far away from each other, I think that has changed the culture. But I think it, it it's been happening for a long time and now we're starting to see more of what you would call a, a crisis of loneliness. I think you're, that is so true because somebody wrote a book, Bowling Alone, over mm. 20 years ago about this. And it was um, Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy, who was a guest on this show, who advised about this epidemic of loneliness and isolation. And you're right. 
How many of you experienced this during the pandemic? He said he himself, when everything first shut down, he and his wife and their two small children decided to move to Miami because his grandmother needed help. And he said for the first time in his life, there were four generations living under one roof, and they were able to help his grandmother. And he said it opened his eyes to, to the what f- used to be. Yes. And to the fact that he was focusing all of his energy on his job, becoming Surgeon General. That was a big deal. But he realized that there still was a thirst for human connection. And they've, he put out a, a study about this a couple of years ago. Physicians were the loneliest, even though they see people all day long. Interesting. And he was saying, you would think a farmer who's in the combine all day by himself might be lonely, but really it has nothing to do with how many people you are surrounded by. It has to do with your human connection with them. And is it satisfying to you? And he said as a physician, he'd been privileged enough to be on the deathbed of many people and hear their dying thoughts in their last hours or their last days. And nobody ever complained about, I wish I'd had a bigger office or anything right, like that. Right. Or you know, they, I'm they, most proud of the view right. out my window yeah, if, at work or wherever. Yeah. If they had regrets, it was more regrets about human connection or the lack thereof. And he was also saying, th- there's a Japanese word, I don't remember it, but little children in Japan are given a friend group at a certain age. This is your group. This is your team. You mm-hmm. must nurture it. And so mm. you, I would think kids would make friends on their own maybe, but being assigned it, they didn't have to go through what some children have to go through if they're shy or don't know if they can make friends. I thought it was all very interesting. That is interesting. And so, so yeah, we're, we're wanting to talk to you about loneliness and certainly the Department of Justice report, uh, which is beyond scathing uh, when it came to Uvalde and the uh, Robb Elementary School. And this is something that I think we all... We all think about it. We all have these moments where we like to problem solve and think there has to be a way to protect children. And I don't think any idea, I don't think any idea should be off the table. Mm -hmm. Um, They're talking about safe rooms, bulletproof backpacks and and all of that, that type of thing. But one child, one one loss of innocent life, and every life in at at Rob's school was innocent. Yes. Um, but if we can't protect our tiniest citizens, um, our youngest citizens, then I think we have we've failed. And I think there are a lot of people who grew up as we did, Jennifer, thinking of World War Three and. You yes. know, what is World War Three going to look like? And will it be Russia or China or the United States? This, to me, seems like World War Three mm-hmm. that we have these mass shootings that we can't do anything about. And, and if you can keep prisoners safe, isolated and safe, then create whatever world of butterflies and rainbows and child-friendly themes – on the inside of that learning space, I have no problem at all as a mother or as a grandmother if they turn these schools into prisons, uh-huh. 
turn them into prisons. Go ahead. Dig a moat. Do whatever you have to do. Have surface-to-air missiles if somebody tries to drop a weapon. I know this sounds crazy. Well, no, it doesn't. And somebody remind me on the Royal Banks of Missouri text line, a school in South County, relatively new. I know that we did our show there maybe six years ago. They have a safe room. Wendy, and they have it's very difficult to get into the school. There's a holding area. Now, could somebody shoot their way in? Maybe, but there are cameras everywhere. And this safe room holds it's, it's like the size of a gymnasium double duty tornado. The whole school sure. goes down into the safe room. Uh, I just can't remember the name of the school, but if any of you know, please let us know. 84126. You know, the Salvation Army would like to thank all of you who gave to the Red Kettles. Uh, Wendy and the Donnybrook team was out there one night, as I know many of you were. The Salvation Army is self-sustaining. And the Midtown Rehab Center offers a second chance for men struggling with addiction. They can live and work and take part in a faith based therapy program for free for six months. They can walk in right off the street if they have a desire to get clean. There are veterans and people from all walks of life fighting addiction. Uh, The boss and I went there and got a chance to meet them. The Salvation Army's Midtown Rehab Center is helping. And here's how you can help. You can shop at one of the Salvation Army thrift stores. There are half a dozen of them. Wendy and I have done our program at the Midtown Thrift Store, which they're renovating right now. It is a great shopping experience. At the end of every season, the Salvation Army goes to the big box stores and buys out the inventory left over on the shelves because the big box stores clear them out to make way for new inventory. The Salvation Army hangs on to them and then sells them to you, tag still on, at greatly reduced prices. So come spring and summer, you might really want to check it out. It's a great way to do some shopping and help a good cause. The Salvation Army's mission is doing the most good, and you can help by shopping. Or you can donate clothing, household goods, even a car or a truck. If you go online, you'll see all the different drop-off locations, but they'll come to you too. Just go to satruck.org. That's satruck.org. No, we were talking about the new report about the Uvalde shooting. And I remember, honestly, I think this was in the early to mid-80s, doing a program on Channel 5 with kids who, children, young children who had been homeschooled. And they had finished high school. And at the time, I th- everybody thought homeschooling, that is so weird. But these successful young people explained how back in the 80s, when not very many people were doing it, their parents made sure that they took part in sports and other things where they were socially connected. And all of them were college students. Uh, now, though, homeschooling is much more common, I think, in people. Mainstream, thank you. And people have homeschooling groups. One of my neighbors homeschooled, and when it came to math and science, she transported her kids to another homeschooler who was a science teacher and one who was a math teacher. And they wanted to keep their kids out of schools. And uh, if if teachers feel that way, then you can certainly understand how, how the rest of us feel that way. From the 314, I am a retired teacher Isn't it funny how some people don't trust us to pick books for a library, but they trust us to carry loaded guns around their kids? And I think that is a I think that's a great I think that's a great point. Um, The the issue of of armed security officers or um, what have you on site. I know that's 
that's almost as uh, controversial as any of the other issues with these school's children. Um, from the 314, it would be so helpful if the schools hired military infantry veterans as armed security guards. They know what to do, and it's a wonderful way to provide jobs for our veterans. The current security guards are unprepared and barely trained. And then calling 911 takes too much time before they arrive, resulting in more children and staff killed. That is from Texter Jenny. Um, That's interesting because they are trained and they're veterans. Uh, the 314 about drones. Did we read this yet? I have no. a great idea. Drones equipped with smart identifying cameras that zero in on somebody holding a weapon and then neutralizes the subject with gas, rubber bullets, or some non-lethal method, could also be engaged by school officials if not using the smart technology. And I know a lot of people feel this way. Obviously, what is happening in Ukraine, that is a humanitarian crisis. It's a humanitarian nightmare. And as citizens of the world, we should contribute to to that to that cause. But we have to be, I mean, we have to provide basic safety and security for children in classrooms when you think of Sandy Hook and what happened to those babies. Mm-hmm. And um, if we if we can't do that, then then what are we doing? I mean that again, just my opinion, eight four one two six if you have uh, if you have any disagreements. But before we send money everywhere, I just think it needs to be used. Uh, for the for the safety and and for the health and safety of children here, and it would require rebuilding or renovating some schools. This idea of a safe room is great. Um, somebody says a school in Florida has armed guards. I thought that was the I thought that was the um, the Valentine's Day shooting. Uh, was it Nicholas Cruz? Was he the suspect? They had. They actually had an armed guard who waited outside. Oh, that's for, right. Remember, I do um, know. Yes, there's yeah. been so. Isn't this terrible? There've been so many that you forget. Oh. You know, they all of the lines are are kind of blurred. But have you, in, in addition to ideas like like drones or making, you know, I just I remember back in the '70s, the open campus, and you know, people said that children should not look at school like a prison. If I'm the parent or if I'm the child and I if if I'm going to a place that looks like a prison or is outfitted like a prison then I'm going to have I'm going to have a much easier time learning and getting the education that that should be provided by by government Parkland High School that's right Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And our phone lines are open, 314-931-5877, if you, if you would like to call in. Yeah, Parkland High School, thank you. And if anybody knows the name of this school in South County, I think it's on Lindbergh. I could be wrong, and I believe it's a middle school, but they have the but safe room. they have room. the safe room. And it, it's a new school because their uh, student body in South County was growing so much. And I was just so impressed 
uh, with that school and the safety measures that they have taken. Oh, just a reminder, January the 30th at 6 p.m., we're all getting together in the Altair Travel Living Room. If you are interested in joining Colette and Altair and KTRS for a trip to Tuscany on September the 4th, we'll be there for a week, but we only unpack once, and we'll be at a beautiful resort and spa in Tuscany. And then every day what we do on these trips are we take day trips. You can go if you like. You don't have to, but we have all sorts of local experiences. We'll visit Florence and Pisa, take a Tuscan cooking class, and learn how they make their famous pecorino cheese. Colette and Altair take care of all the details, the flights, meals, hotels, sightseeing, and local experiences. And your only job is to have the time of your life. We have a lot of single travelers who go. We have couples who go, mothers and daughters and couples. It's just so much fun. So don't miss out. Join me and the folks from Colette and Altair to learn more January 30th, 6 p.m. in the Altair Travel Living Room. That's in Brentwood. All you have to do is RSVP by calling our friends at Altair Travel, 314-968-9600. Or you can take a look at the itinerary. Go to KTRS.com to learn more. We have Mary Lynn on the phone. Good morning, Mary Lynn, and thanks for calling the Jennifer and Wendy show. Hey, good morning. Happy Thursday, gang. Back at you. I just had a thought that um, since kids aren't learning at home, they don't seem to be learning respect or certainly not manners in a lot of cases. We need to set as adults the example for them. And I think it's going to have to start in school. And you're going to have to do it in small pieces. So what if starting in kindergarten, when the kids are all in homeroom to start the day, you know, the teachers should say something like, you know, it's beautiful outside and we're happy in here. And But sometimes if we don't feel happy, we might be sad or we might be mad. But that's okay because those are just feelings, you know, and, and introduce them to, okay, hey, I have those feelings. I identify. And then teach them how to deal with those feelings. Say maybe if you met every morning for five minutes and you went over something with them about feelings, you know, they're not good, they're not bad, they just are. But here's how you deal with them. That's where the good and the bad comes. And I think if we lay a foundation for them, we won't have people shooting up schools. Guns won't be a problem. And part of that training would also include guns. What are they for? They're not to be used in anger. They're not to be used in hate. They're for sporting. They're for hunting. And, yes, they are for protection. And as a young person, you should, if you ever see a gun, go tell an adult, do not touch it. This, if this was taught in schools where you pretty much get to see almost every kid, I think we could really make society better overall. Little bitty pieces every day. It's okay to have feelings. Here's how you deal with them. Maybe the teacher comes in one day and she's really sad because her hamster died. She can say, I'm really sad today. So if I'm not smiling like I usually am, I'm really sorry, but my hamster died. And I'm sure they'd be empathetic, you know, but they could understand, oh, look, here's this adult and she's sad. And she's not acting all crazy or anything. She's just telling me she feels sad and why. And if we could get to that point with the kids, then this won't be a problem. What do you think? 
Well, I'm trying to think, Mary Lynn, of how things did differ when we were all kindergartners. And, you know, 50 years ago, yes, it it was different. Uh, Our society was different. You have to do this for first graders and second graders. As they mature, they can handle more things. So you teach them how to deal with those things. But they're not getting this at home. Well, let's let's see what our listeners think. And thank you, Mary Lynn. It's Thanks, always great Lynn. to text with you. Thanks for letting me speak my piece. Yes. From, from the 314, please tell Mary Lynn to visit a kindergarten class, and she will see that that is exactly what teachers do every day. Um, and at the same time, uh, you know, you, you hear about uh, this generation of, of young parents. They are actually giving the children an opportunity to express their feelings. Um, When do you stop doing that? Mm -hmm. When do those feelings become a detriment or an obstacle to the education of other children? And why aren't these things being addressed at home by parents. I think we have we put we have put so much on teachers. It is too much it's and I unbelievable the amount of responsibility for child rearing that used to take place in the home that now is expected to be done by teachers who have to fight for all of the money that they make from contract to contract. That is so true. Plus teachers' hands are tied when it comes to disciplining children. Because in my experience, you know, my parents would have agreed with the teacher no matter what. But the teachers I have talked with say they have to walk a fine line when it comes to disciplinary action. Right. And I have, I mean, I have never served in the military. How would that, you know, when do you, when would a child be assumed or presumed to be passed the expression of feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Never. sorry. I'm sorry, Sergeant. <laughs> I don't feel like fighting today. Right. Oh, yes. That, you know, protocol, know. hierarchy, no such thing as not doing something. Um, but anyway, keep those comments coming. And They're terrific, by the way. 84126, Royal yes. Banks, Missouri Text Line. And before we take a break from the 314, I like Mary Lynn's idea. Uh, I disagree with the texter who says this is currently happening, although I'm sure it is happening in some kindergarten and preschool classes. I, I spent many years visiting them when I worked at the APA. and know there are teachers who are trying their best to do that. Hey, just a reminder, we have a radio show here on the Big 550 called Keep What's Yours. We're coming up on tax filing season, so it might behoove you to listen or become a client of Jeff Zufall and Capital Advisory Group. Jeff is the Chief Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. If you're interested in becoming a client, all you have to do is call 636-394-5524. You can look them up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com. They can help you with taxes, Uh, This year and every year, if you become a client, they'll work with you throughout the year so you're well prepared. Whether you're a small business owner or just an individual, Jeff Zufall and his staff at Capital Advisory Group will keep you prepared. And they have their own accounting division so they can take care of all your taxes and you can leave the panic behind. Also, if you're thinking about retirement, Jeff Zufall and his staff will sit down with you. They like to put all this on paper for a couple of reasons. One, you'll find out if you can afford to retire at this point. 
two, you can rest assured you won't outlive your money. And they'll talk with you about all the things you need to consider when you're retiring, health care costs, taxes, when to take Social Security. And again, are you assured that you won't outlive your money? They'll tell you if you're not tell you to keep working. Capital Advisory Group, 636-394-5524. Look them up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com. Or listen in to Keep What's Yours every Saturday at 3, every other Sunday at 7, right here on The Big 550. It's 1043 at the Big 550 KTRS, the Jennifer and Wendy show. We are talking as much and as fast and furious <laughs> off the air. air as we are on the air because Jennifer is watching season one of True Detective. Connor and Connor has not finished Fargo season five. I finished it last night. But we can't talk about but we that. We can't one. talk about that. Um, but it was very gratifying and very satisfying, at least from my experience. <laughs> Uh, with Fargo, but please keep these texts coming in because you are you are really giving us uh, so many great ideas and so much food for thought from the three one four. Please stop pushing parental responsibilities off on the schools. The schools do not have the time nor the funding to teach math, reading, and science, much less social awareness. It is the parental responsive parents' responsibility to raise the child with values, ethics, and basic skills. Very true. Agreed, agreed. And everybody, uh, most everybody said, Mary Lynn, great idea. Mary Lynn is saying it does need to start young. Do we have somebody on the phone? Uh, Yeah, Jean's on the line. Jean. Hi, Jean. Thanks for calling the Jennifer and Wendy show. Hi, how are you guys? Good. How are you? Living the dream. (laughs) Anyway, no, I I call it about. I could probably call about every topic you have kind of just been discussing because I worked in edu- I still work in education somewhat as a sub. But um, one of the things Wendy pointed out about Ukraine and about money and about say, you know protecting our children in the United States. Um, first of all, we have Ukraine. They're totally separate issues, in my opinion. Ukraine, um, ha- Putin has to be stopped. He is just like Hitler. He, Obama should have done more about Crimea, and he didn't. And now we have. He wants to take Ukraine, and he's not going to stop with Ukraine. He's, Agreed. He's, he's a nut job. He's, he's a nut job. So, I, I mean, and I do get that there, you know, there is opposition to sending money there. Um, as far as throwing more money at schools and stuff, I mean, I spent a lot of time in schools, and you can only do so much and not have them be like a prison-type situation, and that, that's not a good learning environment. But until somebody says, "Hey, we need to we need to get rid of these assault weapons," or mm-hmm. you know, then somebody will say, "You don't know what an assault weapon is," and you can do a lot of conversions. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, when when Clinton um, signed the assault weapons ban, we had such a, a drop in mass shootings because you know, and and I know that some of the Second Amendment people are going to be calling you, and I. I live in a family where fam- where people hunt, but you do not need a hunting rifle to, to shoot, you know, eight zillion rounds a second. That, that would you would have no meat, you know. Mm-hmm. So what are I, they um, what are they called, Gene? Bump stock or what? What was what was the uh, the apparatus called that that would turn a, a a gun into an automatic weapon? I I can't remember. I think it is a bump. I can't remember. I think it's a bump stock, some kind of, some kind of thing. And you can, you know, anybody can order those online and get them in three days, probably. Mm. Um, 
you know, it's crazy. Uh, your other subject, I just have all kinds of opinions today. We're glad. Uh, That's great. Uh, Sounds like you have your crash <laughs> helmet on. Um, you know, teachers do so much. We were talking in the lounge one day, many, probably five or seven years ago, and they teachers just keep getting dumped on and dumped on and dumped on and dumped on. And, and if you figured out how much they make an hour, it's probably about four bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. And people think, oh, they work nine to three and that nonsense. I have one daughter who's still in education. I have one who has left education. But somebody made the comment in the lounge. They, you know, they had dumped one more thing on us. And um, she said, you know, we might as well just run over to St. John's and just get them right out of the, right out of the nursery there and just take them because that's what society seems the teachers can fix all the ills. So we'll just we'll just go get them over at St. John's when they're a couple days old, and go from there and just you know bring them to the schools then because there there's so much you know societal ills, but the breakdown of the of the family unit of. Um, of just disrespect that is tolerated. And then, you know, when you and I went to school, if, if your parents, and my, my friend just retired last year, uh, if your parent got a call from school, you were like, oh, crud, I'm in, school, I'm in trouble in school and I'm in bigger trouble at home, right? Exactly, Gene. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So now you call a parent and you say, hey, you know, Junior's doing this, this, and this. And in addition, he cussed me out on his way to the office, you know. Well, what did you do to make him mad? Exactly. Exactly. Did you did you see Gene the uh, the video that went viral of the student punching the sixty five year old teacher at Normandy High School last week? Uh, the student is going. Yeah, the student's going to be charged. Uh, the sixty five year old teacher, I believe, is still hospitalized. But this is the kind of thing that, in a trillion years, a trillion years, would never have happened before. No, and the other thing is, back when we were in school, somebody would have stopped them. Other students would have stopped exactly. them. Exactly. Yes, and this did it's not happen. Getting their phone out and putting a video. I, uh, I, I taught at Jennings for uh, a number of years, and I used to, and I, I broke up a lot of fights. But um, when I was pregnant, I had a couple of uh, of, of young men who were good sized football players, um, who I would call on to, hey, pull those guys apart because I'm not getting involved and not hurting my kid. And they were they were awesome kids. But now, because my son was telling me he graduated from high school 10 years ago, but even when he was, and he was a, a big football player, they were not allowed to help break up fights. You know, I mean, a, a big football player, a high school football player is a heck of a lot stronger than a 40-year-old teacher. So right. true. A female teacher constantly, right? Yes. But they would then they would become part of it and they would they would get suspended even if they were the ones trying to stop it. Gene, thank so you. Yeah, just, don't thank be a stranger. You. Yeah, thank you so much for calling. <laughs> we uh, we'd love to hear from you again. We're up against the clock right now, but we sure do appreciate your call. Brittany Shepherd's ABC News national politics reporter and she is holding online for us now and Brittany, you're in Manchester, New Hampshire. Yeah, it's a heat wave here compared to Iowa, so it's essentially <laughs> bikini season here in Manchester. And it, it's been a really exciting race to see how it shapes up on both sides this time. Those Democrats weren't in play in Iowa like they here are here in New Hampshire. So what is happening in New Hampshire? Well, besides the cold, it's actually today it's pretty slow, but it's shaping up to be uh, what we're seeing as Nikki Haley's 
last stand, if not penultimate stand. Expectations are very high for her here, partly because she has a pretty tremendous in-state endorsement with a governor, Chris Sununu, who, while Haley was in Iowa, had been crisscrossing his own state. Expectation setting. He spoke to us actually last night at one of her rallies and said that they'd be very happy with the strong second. We saw Trump's vice grip is the strongest ever. He delivered, even with the turnout being as low as it was in Iowa, not just because of the temperature, but because some Republicans think that, well, if the primary is already given away to Trump, why are they going to leave the House? Trump wins by double digits, something that hasn't happened since Bob Dole, right? Ancient history for so many people. And here, they worry that Trump will replicate what happened in Iowa, that Nikki Haley won't be able to show that she is a strong primary candidate. Because this stuff's all about math, right? Journalists are infamously very bad at it. (laughs) But if you can't get the amount of delegates, there there is a mathematical equation way someone who isn't Donald Trump could be strong going in to the conventions this summer. But if he dominates here and DeSantis dominates in Nikki Haley's home state of uh, South Carolina, and I think it's worth flagging that DeSantis did not come here immediately after Iowa. In the middle of the night, he got on a charter plane, he went right to Greensboro, her home state, to try to say, hey, look, I'm competitive here too. If those leads are blunted, then she physically does not have the number of delegates needed to win, and that could be the quick end of her campaign in just Mm. a couple of weeks, depending Mm. what happens on Tuesday. But, Brittany, another uh, little bit of math that I think has has people um, at least on – on standby is the fact that Donald Trump won 50 percent of the vote in Iowa among Republicans. So if 50 percent of the Republicans are not crazy enough about him to, you know, to to represent him in those caucuses and if they are in turn, um, they're supporting Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, where does that leave Trump Mm -hmm. You know, isn't that sort of a, a, a fairly decent mathematic predictor for for the generals? Well, yeah, it's, a, it's essentially a split primary, right? 50-50, right, you know, right. um, plurality to majority, meaning that he might be very strong with primary audiences, but Nikki Haley and DeSantis are saying that's enough to prove that if you put him next to Biden in general election ticket, it all falls apart. Now, Trump has heard this argument and rallies here in New Hampshire said, if you vote for Nikki Haley, despite what she's saying, we'll lose every single down ballot race because she then loses my voters. Right. Right. It's this strange game they're playing with each other, saying that my base will never cross over to you and vice versa, which is very good news for someone named Joseph R. Biden sitting in the White House, who was already dealing with extremely uh, low uh, acceptance rates on his half. Right. He's not you know, doing supremely well with his own base, and especially it's like neck and neck when you look at some of this polling. But I do want to say we have this new ABC News Ipsos poll, and there was a figure there that really struck me. And 80% of Republicans are Republican-leading independents. The independents are a big deal here in New Hampshire. Say that Trump has the best chance of winning in November, and I think if something like 70, 75, say they'd be satisfied with him as a nominee, which kind of flies in the face of the argument that DeSantis and Haley have been making that he cannot make a coalition. In Iowa, he didn't just get evangelicals. He got non-evangelicals, which was surprising to me. He got non-college-educated pardon me, and college-educated, which didn't happen last time, right? Yeah. We are very clear of the kind of person who used to vote for Donald Trump, and now that's, that's changing. And a lot more people in the party, even though there are 50% who won't show up for him in the primary, might just say, you know what, there's an R there, and he is a steam train 
that's not going to go off the tracks anytime soon. So the, by the time the primary comes around, well, I'd rather the R than the D, mm. right? Mm. And so that's what I, I'm curious to see who's able to map who exactly shows out for him. Here. That's a great summary, Brittany. If it's Brittany. a change from last cycle, you know, we, we just don't know. Summary. Anything can happen. <laughs> it is fascinating. Brittany Shepard, ABC News national politics reporter coming to us from Manchester, New Hampshire. Thanks Stay so warm. much, Brittany. We'll talk to you soon. I'll try. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Take it easy, ladies. <laughs> Bye-bye. Nick and Maggie and their daughter Molly run the Piccadilly at Manhattan. Nick and Maggie have been spending a lot of time in Florida, but they are back in town. They're putting together the food for Carnival, which is coming up, and they have their own events at the Piccadilly at Manhattan. Here's another thing. If it's too cold and you don't feel like going out, you can stop by the Piccadilly at Home is new last year. They make their own soups and specials, desserts and sausages, lasagna, enchiladas. They're fresh and frozen for you to enjoy at home. So all I have to do is pull up right in front, run in. The freezer case is right there in the front, and you can um, take home what you want with instructions on how to cook it. The Piccadilly at Manhattan is right in the middle of a residential neighborhood in the city of St. Louis, just next to Maplewood. So people who have been going there have been going there for years and years. You can go alone, sit at the bar, get a table. You will make friends. And the food is fantastic. All sorts of salads. The Mayfair salad is really good, and you can't find that everywhere. They have burgers. Their salmon and vegetables are perfect. If you're a vegetarian, they have something for you, too. There's really something for everyone at the Piccadilly at Manhattan. Call, if you like, 314-646-0016 or stop in for breakfast. Uh, excuse me, lunch or dinner, not breakfast. And you'll see what I mean. The other day, uh, Maggie told me that our friend Susie, who's a listener, was in there. And Maggie heard her saying, are you Nick? Are you Maggie? And so she got to meet Susie and made some new friends. The Piccadilly at Manhattan. Go online for a look at the entire menu, thepiccadilly.com. And coming up in our next hour, we will tell you all about the new collaboration between St. Louis County Library and the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. The St. Louis Symphony Orchestra goes out into the community to try to get everyone familiar with the kind of music that they do, maybe people who have not been exposed to it. We're coming up on Top of the Hour News with Steve Potter and more from ABC. We'll be back with the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy Show after that. This is the Big 550 KTRS St. Louis. Welcome to the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy Show. Well, if you like reading and you like books and you like gathering with other people from the community, have we got great news for you thanks to St. Louis County Library and the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. And we are joined online by Kristen Sorth from St. Louis County Library and Unity Cull from St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. Thank you both so much for joining us. Good morning. Hi, happy to be here. Well, Kristen, let's start with you as uh, the top dog at St. Louis County Library, and we are so thrilled with the Jennifer and Wendy Book Club, thanks to the library. So tell us about this new partnership. Well, we have partnered uh, with the symphony for many years, and they approached us about this new partnership where they want to foster a deeper appreciation for symphonic music and community partnerships and all of the stuff. And so we said, of course, this is the greatest idea ever. It fits right in with our mission. Um, and we feel like partnerships enhance um, inclu inclusive initiatives and that this just made sense to us. And um, we, were, we were thrilled. So we're really excited about it. Well, in Unity, if you could sort of walk our listeners 
through the voucher system, and it and it began yesterday. Uh, the 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 vouchers that will be provided. Um, we are really excited and, and interested in hearing how that's going to work. Sure. Well, we are we're very excited to be partnering with the St. Louis County Library, and we're we're really piloting this idea with the county library, perhaps even able to expand to other library districts, depending on how it goes. So uh, they have 19 branches, and we have distributed 3,000 vouchers across the branches. And if you go, you can request at the desk. You'll get a little bookmark, and um, there are instructions to call the box office. So essentially, once you call our box office, we this program is for newcomers. So ideally, you, you haven't been to the symphony before, or at least you're not in our database. You haven't purchased a ticket with us before. And you'll be able to see on a website which, um, which concerts are available, and we'll get you seated. Then you'll bring your bookmark to exchange at the box office for the concert of your choice. And that's two tickets for a classical concert or four tickets for a family concert. Unity, as the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra goes out in the community to make symphonic music available to young people who have never heard it before, what kind of feedback do you get? You know, we get tremendous feedback. And I this is a, a big part of why we like to do initiatives like this. Try it. You'll like it. Right? <laughs> I think the, the biggest barrier is getting people to come for the first time. And accessibility is really important to us. Not only do we offer lots of different free concerts in the community and free offers such as this one, but we have tickets for classical concerts starting as low as $15. So we we do concert surveys, and we, um, yeah, a lot of people come, and then they are inspired to come back. They really enjoy the experience. And our average... New rate right now this season is about 40%. About 40% of our audience are trying us for the first time, which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. That is wonderful. A uh, question really for both of you. We'd love to hear uh, what what each of you thinks about this. Um, it has become uh, sort of, it's, it's just part and parcel of um, tax dollars and, and the way they're spent, unfortunately, you see the arts are usually one of the first things to go at school districts. And, you know, we have all had our lives impacted from an early age uh, by the arts and by the, the, the transcendent. And children need to have that component in their, you know, in terms of their, their education. Um, this is going to – this is going to fall – under that umbrella in such a beautiful way. Could you both, and and Kristen, we'll start with you in terms of the need for the arts, the need for the transcendent in in schools today. I I think you're exactly right. Um, Access to the arts is so important. And I was just thinking the other day that we probably all remember something we learned in music class. Like I was thinking the other day about a song that I still remember the words to that I think we sang in music class. Um, but And this is, you know, part of the library's mission, really, to expand perspective. So we have lots of really popular programs that fit right into this. You know, we have the Jazz Jam, 
um, session, which is a musical session in partnership with the Cranesburg Arts Foundation and our Lewis and Clark branch. You can check out musical instruments from the library. We're about ready to launch two new options to check out in terms of musical instruments. So it it really removes a lot of barriers. And in this case, this partnership removes barriers as well. Um, you know, I think sometimes people think, well, that's not for me, or I'm, I'm uncomfortable going, I don't know what to expect. And in this case, this, this takes out a huge portion of that. Mm. And Unity? Sure. I mean, I personally absolutely believe in the in the power of the arts, and I'm a mother as well. Um, I'm so impressed by the Stable Symphony Orchestra's education and community programs team. We serve hundreds of thousands of students, mm. teachers, and families in the region and beyond. With our digital programming, we served over 300,000 students um, across 49 states and nine countries last year, which wow. is incredible. Uh, and you're absolutely right that there are a lot of schools and districts that don't have the funding or maybe are, are valuing STEM more. We really believe in STEAM, adding the arts in there. And, you know, our mission is to enrich lives for the power of music. So it's incredibly important to us to serve people at all ages. As our listeners may know, Historic Powell Hall is being renovated and expanded. Uh, so where are the concerts right now that you have? Where are they being held, Unity? Sure, yeah. So through this initiative, most of the concerts that you can attend are at Stiefel Theater downtown in Two Hill Performing Arts Center on Umsel's campus. We also have um, concerts at the Sheldon in Midtown, uh, in Lindenwood in St. Charles. We've been at different churches. We have, you know, an ongoing program at the Pulitzer. We are really taking the opportunity to be out in the community. But our, our core subscription programs are happening at Stiefel and Two Hill. And Kristen, before we go, of course, many of us drive by the St. Louis County Library headquarters. When will that open? Because it looks beautiful. It does look beautiful. Every time I drive by, I, I it kind of takes my breath away, and I was involved in the planning of it. So I'm like, oh, it looks so pretty. <laughs> um, but, and it's huge. I mean, it looks, obviously, we knew it was going to be big, but it, it is, in fact, really big, and I'm touring the inside next week. So drywall is going up inside, um, and we think probably the first part of June, maybe the first or second week of June, I am. I just keep saying, open that as soon as possible, but, you know, the weather and all kinds of other things has an impact. So very exciting. For more information about St. Louis County Library, just go to slcl.org. For more information about the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, go to slso.org. Kristen Sorth and Unity Cull, thank you so much for joining us on the Jennifer and Wendy Show. Thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. Take care. You know, the time may come when you really need to think about the next step for your parents or aunties or uncles, finding them a senior living community, and that task is challenging. Let us tell you about the absolute best in the business, McKnight Place Assisted Living. When you move into a McKnight Place, you'll enjoy a life rich in quality care, genuine friendships, and fun activities. That transition can be difficult for some people, but at McKnight Place Assisted Living, they go out of their way to make it easy. And they have luxury apartments ranging in size from large suites to two-bedroom apartments with a range of options for square footage. 
Each unit includes beautiful crown molding and wood-style flooring, kitchens with custom wood cabinetry and granite countertops, full-size refrigerators, spacious bathrooms, large windows providing lots of natural light, and nine-foot ceilings. There are restaurant-style gourmet meals prepared by an award-winning chef, John Morales. They also have daily happy hour at 4 o'clock with appetizers and drinks and live entertainment four times a week. So it's a chance for new residents to get to know people that are there. We've been talking about that thirst for human connection. You will find it at McKnight Place Assisted Living. So please call Leslie, Kelly, or Gretchen today to schedule your tour at 314-993-3333. Tell them that Jennifer and Wendy sent you and you will receive a special offer. Jennifer and Wendy, Song of the Day. And I write the song. On the Big 550. KTRS. I never knew Elton John had a place in Atlanta, but Architectural Digest showed uh, I did photos of his condo, which sold for $2 million over the asking price, and they say they priced it low. It was a combination of six condos that over the years, since the 90s, he pieced together. <laughs> Isn't that where he became healthier i, I want to say that maybe that was where he it was a it was an important part of his journey sobriety, to sobriety. um 13 000 square foot suburban atlanta condo he's been piecing it together since 1992 a local cash buyer paid roughly 45 percent over the nearly five million dollar asking price a total of 7.225 million <laughs> Must be nice. I don't know. If you're one of those people who likes to look at real estate from time to time, Josh, we're talking about you. Oh, I love it. You might want to check it out. Hard to choose a favorite Elton John song, but here's one of my favorites. You chose well. I love this song. Our song of the day. Now I know Spanish Harlem are not just pretty words to say. So we can't listen to the whole thing, but uh, love it. I think the early uh, mm, Elton John mm-hmm. that was Honky Chateau. Um, yeah, such a such a great great album. Uh, love this quote. Not sure who to attribute it to, but it's a great quote. The best day of your life is the day you decide your life is your own. No apologies. No excuses. 
Love it, love right? it. And I yes. do, unfortunately, I'm afraid you do have to reach a certain age if you're before, a woman. before that mindset. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, and if speaking of liking and don't liking and uh, or not liking and uh, whether or not you're happy with your surroundings, your life, the way it looks to you, the way it feels to you, um, if you're still not happy, if, if your home doesn't reflect who you are, maybe there's a certain amount of whimsy that you like to infuse into your home and the way it is decorated. Maybe uh, maybe you like a modernist approach. Maybe you like traditional, um, even though we've been told that farmhouses uh, going away. It, it's, it's all about what you like. And Ellen and Barbara are the first people to tell you that at the Curtain Exchange. Um, they have been working in the world of home decor in St. Louis and in the state of Missouri for a very long time. And as a result, they have built relationships because people trust them. People trust their taste. People trust their knowledge and uh, just basically, they, they, they trust the people that they are. They're good people. And, and starting with good people, one of the things that people will uh, remark on repeatedly is the fact that there is not an hourly fee. So often when you use a designer, when you work with a, a, a home decorator or a decorator, they charge you an hourly fee. And Ellen and Barbara believe that that is not a way to get a good result. If somebody feels like they're on the clock and they're rushing through what they what they want um, or the ideas, maybe they need some help with the verbiage, the terms uh, and the industry terms and that kind of thing, you're not going to get a result if somebody is rushed. And so there's never that hourly fee. Uh, don't let the name fool you. Yes, they have ready-made curtains, made-to-order window treatments, but they also have furniture, rugs, accessories, bedding, everything you need to pull the look together so that it accurately reflects the person who lives there, you and your family. Give them a call, 314-863-1112. You will just adore them, 314-863-1112. They're at 8119 Maryland Avenue in the heart of Clayton, the Curtain Exchange. And please be sure to tell them that KTRS sent you. I, I, I'm Back I'm by lost. popular demand, Barilla's, somebody will correct me here, heart-shaped pasta, Barilla Love, will be available to fans on shelves at select grocery locations and at Nordstrom restaurants. And to honor, they have this thing, the pasta promise, the commitment of a lifetime is to always eat pasta with your loved one. To honor that pasta, Barilla is offering consumers the opportunity to enter for a chance to win the Ring of Tony, a set of two Barilla Love-inspired diamond and ruby-encrusted rings created by jewelry designer extraordinaire Allison Liu for you and yours. I mostly want the heart-shaped pasta. <laughs> you could go to barillalove.com uh, between January 23rd and February the 9th. Hmm. And submit to win or find a retailer near you. Heart-shaped pasta, that's pretty cool. I also have a question for people out there. A friend of mine the other day who was training her dog to be a therapy dog said she was looking for uh, a way to do this in Edwardsville. 
Now, there was a time when I ran the Pet Reach program at the APA, and I know the Humane Society, many different shelters do this, where you can get your dog trained, and then you can go visit people either at nursery schools, grade schools. We even used to take dogs to high schools during exam week just so that the students could come and pet dogs for half an hour. And so is anybody doing this in the Edwardsville area? 84126 is our Royal Banks of Missouri text line, and we would love to hear from you. Somebody said Aldi had heart-shaped chicken nuggets. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, oh, and I there's know, heart-shaped pasta at Aldi. The, mm. the food, you know, various food at various times of the year, uh, they do... They do add to their their <laughs> repertoire, but uh, yeah, heart shaped pasta that sounds repetitive, don't right? Because redundant, <laughs> yes. because yes. we love, love, love <laughs> our pasta. Um, saw something yesterday actually in the news about SNL longtime executive producer Lauren Michaels um, having a couple of ideas about the best way to succeed him. Uh, if and when he retires, he said it could easily be. This was uh, in an interview, I believe, with Rolling Stone. Um, he said it could easily be Tina Fey, which is interesting because Chris and I, after True Detective, and you will find out why shortly, Okay, we needed something light. Oh, yes, yes. And there's nothing lighter or more fun this side of the Disney Channel than, uh, than 30 Rock. And... He said, what is she doing now? And I said, that's really interesting. And then lo and behold, 12 hours later, we see this uh, thing online about the possibility of of Saturday Night Live and Tina Fey. Do you still, 84126, uh, Royal Banks, Missouri text line, do you still watch SNL or is it time to, because they will have, Fits and starts, right? Where mm-hmm. they are fabulous, and you you see the you see glimmers of the glory days, and then they have they go through very dry spells where you think that nobody is in the writers' room anymore. That you know that that maybe it's time to shuffle off its mortal comedic coil. Uh, so, do you still do you still think Saturday Night Live is um, relevant? Or do you think it's, or is it one of those things that it, because just because of the, the nature and the impact that it's had, that it will always be relevant and that we should always keep it? I don't um, know about you. I'm sort of on and off with it. I never stay up that late, but I'll watch it on YouTube uh-huh. if somebody is hosting. But for a while there, I felt like rather than universal experience, it was uh, male humor. You know, too much scatological humor, bathroom jokes, and I, I just wasn't interested. Uh, but again, I'm on and off. I might check in one year, check out again. I always loved Pete Davidson, and I don't, I don't think he's on a regular basis anymore. Would there be a benefit to having some of the older performers come back every once in a while or to make them... Like a, you know, put them on a lazy Susan and, you know, pluck one out every week or because, you know, that they probably many of them really miss that kind of camaraderie and, you know, doing a a variety show like that. Um, Or just having a woman in charge when through the decades we have read what the female performers have said about the toxic atmosphere of being on Saturday Night Live as a woman. From the 636, 
I rarely watch anymore. It's just not as funny at all. If they show reruns from years ago, I will watch, however, classic. Um, yeah, when you think of and we had actually on VHS, if you can remember what VHS is. <laughs> I uh, still have a VHS machine. We had, well then, wow. Um, uh, we we had all of the best ofs because Chris adored mm. Phil Hartman. When Phil Hartman did Frank Sinatra speaking with Sinead O'Connor being performed by Jan Hooks. I've got to look that up now. I always need to, I almost need to have like a tank of oxygen because I know <laughs> he's going to pass out. He's going to laugh so hard. But uh, yeah, those were. I those miss were Gilda some, Radner. Oh, Gilda Radner. Yeah. But I think, you know, why not occasionally introduce some of the former players? Mm-hmm. Into the mix. Is there anyone listening who remembers when David Letterman had a daytime show? Because I worked at a TV station in Toledo, Ohio, and there was a job called a booth announcer where all I did every hour at the top of the hour, I said, this is WSPD TV Toledo. But David Letterman had a daytime show before his nighttime show. I believe that you just brought him up because Chris was watching on TikTok where we both reside and pay taxes. (laughs) Chris was watching a um, an interview between David Letterman and Harry Carey, and I thought David Letterman was aggressively jerky to Harry Carey, unnecessarily. Was it from a long time ago? Yes, it was the eighties. It, it was, and just that smart aleck, you know, just that that. I, and I thought, why wouldn't you? Just show some respect. Have fun with him. You're trying to get him to admit that he's been drunk in the booth. We all know that he was drunk in the booth. He still accomplished more than you had at that point. Mm -hmm. So just show some respect. It just aggravated me to death. Well, I'll tell you this. I never had a chance to watch his late night show except for clips of the top 10 list. And then people in the newsroom used to always come up with their own top 10 list, right. why we can't get our vacation schedules or something right. like that. But his Netflix show that was on, I don't know if it still is. Introducing my next guest mm-hmm. or now for my next guest. I couldn't stand him on because that. he seemed aggressively narcissistic that he couldn't. This is just my opinion. He couldn't interview anyone without bringing it around to himself, I including Barack Obama. Not and- agree with you more because he did the same thing with Julia Louis Dreyfus, and I don't know, I don't know if it's a. I didn't see the Barack. I saw that did one I, too. Yes, I, think I, had I did the same see the impression. Barack Obama. I did. I, I did actually see it, and I don't know if he's one of those. Is is he like the Three Stooges? I mean, I know that there are women. Meryl Marco, who was his former love interest, she wrote for him for years and years. But Maybe she is why he was funny. I, I question I, mark. Yeah, I'm not sure. Eight four one two six. But yeah, there are just those. There are just those guys that. And I know women. I know that there are female comics who have the same. You know, they they get the same reaction from men. You know, people who you know maybe women love them, but men don't love them. But I just it's funny you should say that because I really did. Have that reaction to him with Harry Carey. It's like, 
He's Harry Carey. <laughs> right. All Come on. Caps. Exactly. Be respectful. Exactly. Uh, on the Royal Banks of Missouri text line 84126, let us know if you too, like Mary Lynn, still have your VHS player. The Jennifer and Wendy Show is brought to you by BetterHelp. And it is mid-January, so I know that so many people are concerned about turning over a new leaf and making changes. And I think the mistake a lot of us make is that we want to change everything all the time and we tackle too many things. Maybe you should just take on one change and maybe that is about how you react with the world emotionally. Maybe you want to do better at negotiating your relationships. Why don't you give BetterHelp a try? It is entirely online. They have designed it for you with you in mind to be convenient and flexible and, best of all, suited to your schedule, not the other way around. And we have heard from so many of you, especially those of you who live in outlying areas, that there are either aren't any therapists in your area or you have to wait too long. Therapy can help you find your strengths. So you can ditch these extreme resolutions. You can make changes that will stick. And you can do it right now because you can find a therapist online no matter where you live or what your schedule is. It is so easy. BetterHelp has made, they've removed every single obstacle. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And then you can switch therapist at any time time for no additional charge. And of course, you don't even have to tell that therapist you're switching. You may have a session and feel like, eh, not a good match. Just go back online, request a new one. They'll send you profiles done and done. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash J&W today and you'll get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash J-N-W. Finding the right memory care community can be a daunting task. So how do you choose the right provider for your loved one? You look for the experts. At Park Provence, uh, the entire facility is led by an experienced team of medically trained professionals. And Jennifer and I have been down this road, and we cannot stress enough how important that medical training is and their their staff to resident ratio. They maintain a total of 200 employees, therapists, social workers, nurses, and other disciplines on site. And that means that they have the highest staff to resident ratio in the industry. And that is not something you want to find out about after the fact. And one of the things that Park Provence tells us is that people living with dementia or Alzheimer's really need the security of a consistent routine, but you don't want it to get boring. So they encourage their residents to be physically and mentally active. The care team at Park Provence offers a wide range of activities for residents. Uh, maybe somebody used to play the piano. Well, they will have music therapy. And you'd be surprised, at, despite the fact that they are struggling with dementia or Alzheimer's, so many people, if they used to play music, can still do it. And it kind of takes them back and keeps them alive and engaged. If you are making these decisions for someone you love, maybe a mother, your father, your, your aunts, your uncles, or yourself, maybe your spouse, remember also that Park Provence 
is locally owned, not a faceless, nameless chain. They are dedicated to the St. Louis region, and they are deeply invested in day-to-day operations and the lives of all concerned. Residents and family members with loving questions or concerns have access to those decision makers. And they have an advanced security system, so that means if you live there, the people who live there can safely explore the outdoors, lush gardens, nine courtyards, spacious walking paths, and well-appointed common areas. So if you'd like to take a tour, call Andrew or Michaela, 314-542-2500. You can learn more. You can schedule a tour. If you tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you, you'll receive a special offer. Don't wish it away. Don't look at it like it's forever. I told you I was going to marry him, right? <laughs> Tell me again. Oh, I was going to marry him. When I was 11, <laughs> I was madly in love because he was furry. I mean, uh-huh. you know, I just love guys right. with beards and that kind of thing. Um, Where was James Taylor when you were 11? Was he out, not on your radar? He was, I guess he was on the radar, but not like he was when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I was very, I was obviously extremely mature as an 11-year-old. Um, and <laughs> KSLQ had a contest. And my mother, God bless her, you had to write down every Elton John song that you heard. My mother probably wouldn't have been able to tell the difference between an Elton John song and a James Taylor song. But I was convinced that I was going to win these tickets uh, to a concert in Los Angeles. We were going to meet, even though I was 11. Of course, he'd wait for me. Um, and my brother got out of the car. I, I can't even remember what was going on with me, but my brother went into the radio station and handed them to some rando person. So, of course, I blamed my brother. I said, you Why mean, would he, he do that? He, because they said they worked there and they would give it to the, because he was just a little kid. Oh, oh. And um, I can't remember if I had something. It's I, anyway. He handed the he handed the uh, the list of songs to somebody oh. random, and I know that was why I didn't win. And one of the many reasons why Elton John would not have been interested <laughs> in a life funny. in a life with an eleven year old heterosexual girl. It's funny you say this because when I was ten, I was in love with Doctor Kildare. Richard Chamberlain. Yes. And two of my siblings and I all got our tonsils out at the same time. So my mom took us all, you know, our parents took us to the hospital. And when the doctor picked me up, you know, I had my arms around his neck. My sister was crying her eyes out. She didn't want to get her tonsils out. And I was just thinking as the doctor was carrying me in. Dr. Kildare. This is the most romantic time of my life so far. I I love this. I know. I'm so glad this doctor's carrying me in to get my tonsils out. It's so exciting. So romantic. Then we wake up. And, of course, my siblings are crying. And that whole, I know we've talked about this, but that whole myth about, oh, you can have all the ice cream you want. Uh Mm -hmm. It feels like knives in your throat right. you don't want any that's exactly right that is but exactly yeah dr right. kildare would not have been interested in this 10 year old no heterosexual. <laughs> no yeah even when i growed up <laughs> even when you growed up but yeah it is it's funny because you that i guess 11 you have your little first grade crush mm-hmm. i of course you had what was his name Jay Feinstein. Jay Feinstein. Mine was Bubba Luckett. And David Moore. David. Oh, David Bubba Moore. Luckett. No, Webby Beggs. He didn't Webby come Beggs. Webby Beggs. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Bubba Luckett was my first grade 
uh, he was, and he, he's, and I can still, how is that possible, Jennifer? Why can I still see the blue star on the love letter that a six-year-old boy wrote to me, but I don't know where my car is parked in the garage? I know. Do you remember your first kiss? Connor, yes. I might be asking you this, too. Yes, I do. And do you remember who it was and where you were? Yes, I do. Me, too. Mine was in Laugh in the Dark. What's Laugh in <laughs> the Dark? Park. I oh. asked Mark this the other day. Do you remember your first kiss? He was noncommittal. I'm pretty sure my guy, my guy was Brad Gort. Brad I can't Gort. remember. It might have been Webby Beggs. I can't remember who it was. I just remember it was a, a amusement park ride. I would say my husband was my first kiss, <laughs> but I'm afraid he'd fall off of his chair and cut his head open. <clears throat> Connor. Who was your first kiss? Uh, well, mine wasn't that long ago oh, uh, compared to you guys, up. so I don't... It, shut up. Is it less impressive if I remember this? <laughs> no, it's still impressive. What's her name? Uh, well, you know, I don't want to say anything. No, of air. course. Uh, you know. But you can just give us her first name. I mean, our guys were in a different state, weren't they? Or 50, Pretty 60 years so. ago? Yeah, right. Bubba. Uh, I mean, well, we can't. Uh, no, I don't want to say, I don't say. <laughs> we We're not, I swear Nobody, to you, we're, we are just not us. going to have FBI coordinates drawn up to try to locate this poor girl. But my, my brother, Sandy, may God rest his soul, was one year younger than me in elementary school and he had a crush on Penelope Munson. Well, so he had he like saved that? up money and he had me go to the probably drugstore with him and buy her a necklace. Oh. And then he had I bet the, it had like a little shark's tooth on well, it. He had or the puka beads. They all planned out that he was going to give it to her and I was always coaching him and everything. Oh. He threw it at her on the playground. That's what boys do when they're in love. Try he to, threw try, it I at know. her, and the little box hit her in the head. And of, I don't even remember if she got the necklace. That's what they do when they're in love. <laughs> they throw stuff at you. They throw stuff at you. <laughs> I'm like, dude, Sandy, you got it all wrong. You weren't supposed to do it that way. Yeah. He said, she doesn't like me. Well, <sighs> but chances are, <laughs> if he, uh, he refined his technique over the years. KSLQ wasn't Guy Phillips the first disc jockey on KSLQ. I believe I this was this was the but I think this was the Patrick Day era. This was uh, Guy Phillips is too close to my age to have been. I think he was in the seven. This KSL like the late seventies or early eighties. Was it still around? I don't. It was ninety eight point one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think it. They were on Bemiston. That was where mm. that was where the die was going to be cast, and I was going to marry in John after he fell in love with me with my buck teeth and my, <laughs> my cork platform shoes. Oh, those um, are back in. Don't tell me they that. they are. Look up Donald Pliner, P L I N E R dot com. Cork platform. Mm-hmm. They're back. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just running. You don't need platforms. I shoes. don't need platforms. And also today I'm running the risk of a broken hip if I'm wearing platform I know. shoes. I know what you mean. Right? But I personally have height envy, so I think it might be worth it. <laughs> See, yeah. when you have it, you take it for granted. But Guy Phillips definitely was on KSL Q with Phillips and Wall. And then it was just Phillips, and of course the rest is radio history. Connor, can you remember your first crush from elementary school? For a lot of little boys, it's their teacher. I don't know. I don't know if that was. Uh, I actually I can't remember if I 
We're not a Senate panel. Do you hear how he's stammering? I can't, can't recall. He's the most eloquent 26-year-old in history. Listen, I walk in here before our show, and Connor and McGraw are having a very lively discussion, too. I'm thinking, very here are lively. two talk show hosts, but we ask him a question like and this. Blah, 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 blah. Senate, like, I cannot recall. You never know who's listening out there. Right? Oh, that's Connor. The, that's the thing. Give us a name, one name. <laughs> Don't make us go to the name Kelly because yeah, we will. Yeah. Well, we'll go to mom. Yeah. Well, I don't oh, know yeah. how. You, just you, a name. I don't know if you know how to contact. Just her. a name. Your first. Yeah. Okay, number just one question: name. Does your mother have the same last name as me? Yes. Yes. Okay, Kelly McCarthy. Yeah. Kelly we McCarthy. Can find her, oh, that's yeah. easy. and we'll have her on the show one day. Yes, mm. we will, and yeah. we'll charm her so she'll agree to it. <laughs> Won't we? I know. Am I being tall, too I know confident? That's a tall order. It's a tall order. Yeah, we will tall charm her. We will. We will try to charm her. Kelly. Kelly McCarthy. Kelly, we want Kelly. you on the show. Yes, you are going to be our. I think for his birthday, right? I what always would be wonder what people were like when they were in I'm kindergarten. So I couldn't she agree could with tell you more. Us. She'll tell us. John Carney, Julie, buck up next, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Mwah. Just to have a laugh or a 